Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi, and here we are again on Ayers on the Road. Boy, have we made a transition since last edition. <laughs> we were, I mean, just let me put it in terms of temperature, right? Last time we did Ayers on the Road a week ago, it was 81 degrees. And the palm trees were waving, and we were getting ready to go to the beach. This time, it's five below zero. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a lot of snow where we are. It has been a great snow year, and um, we were glad to miss some of it. <laughs> I think our world has changed from green to white. <laughs> yes, it is so white. There's not much green around here. You look but. great today, by the way. How do I look? <laughs> we sometimes record this pretty early in the morning. And one of the things that's amazing about Linda is she could get up from a dead sleep and brush her hair one time and she looks great. Oh, no. I'm just struggling a little today, but sorry, you have to look at me. <laughs> um, it's great to be back home, though. And we, wherever you are, we hope you had a great Valentine's Day. It's that season. And uh, we really are excited to be talking to today about something really fun. Something really fun. I think we're really into this. And I've actually got a little clip here I'm going to play that Linda hasn't even heard. But it's from a YouTube, uh, or excuse me, it's from a TED Talk I heard the other day. And um, in this case, they're talking about people who live in Sardinia, which is an island in Italy. This is a guy named Dan Butner, and he's talking about longevity. And uh, l listen to this little little clip um, from something that he says, and he's talking about uh, that people live on this island in Sardinia, where the average life expectancy is eleven years longer than if you live in the United States. Oh my goodness. 11 years. So listen to this for just a sec. They eat about eight times as much tofu as Americans do. More significant than what they eat is how they eat it. They have all kinds of little strategies to keep from overeating, which as you know, is a big problem here in America. A few of the strategies we observe, they eat off of smaller plates. They tend to eat fewer calories at every city. Instead of serving family style, where you can sort of mindlessly eat as you're talking, they serve at the counter, put the food away, and then bring it to the table. They also have a 3,000-year-old adage, which I think is the greatest sort of diet suggestion ever invented. It was invented by Confucius. And that uh, diet is known as the Hatahachibu diet. It's simply a little saying these people say before their meal to remind them to stop eating when their stomach is 20% full. It takes about a half hour for that whole feeling to go travel from your belly to your brain. And by... Guess what? I'm on the wrong spot. <laughs> but that gives you an idea of what he's talking about. He's trying to get into the idea that uh, you got to eat properly. And eat less. And, and eat stop less. when you're full. And stop or when you're before full. you're full. Before you're full. 20% full. Oh, that would be kind of hard. Yeah, that would be kind of hard. That's the hard part is stopping. Sorry, I got that on the wrong spot, but let me, let me, that gives you an idea. He's talking about longevity. And then what he says is really fascinating. He says more than about the diet that they have, what is really keeping them living long is their family dynamics. And he says, 
you know, in, in Sardinia, the older you are, the more venerated you are. And he says, people live, here's the key, here comes the subject we're going to talk about today. People live in three-generation families. That is the grandparent and the parent, and sometimes the great-grandparent, they're all involved together. They often live together. They do things together. And he says that's the main thing they can find the correlation with in terms of how long people live. But here's the real kicker. It's not only good for the grandparents. It's good for the children. The children in these three-generation families where the grandparents are very involved with the children have lower mortality, less disease, better well-being, and a happier outlook on life. Wow, they've done this, this study that long yeah, so that they know? Yeah, they've done a study that's lasted many years and, and that shows the well-being just goes up when people are identified constantly and working together in these three or four generation families. That's really fascinating. And there's other places in the world where they've done the same kind of studies. So our the question we want to pose to you today is this. I'll pose it to you, Linda. We don't live in Sardinia <laughs> or we don't live in Okinawa, which is another place where there's extreme longevity. And there's they call them blue zones, different places in the world where people live to be extra old and have good quality of life until they're very old. And, and where the children grow up in these families and have a greater sense of well-being and, and are more healthy. We don't live in these blue zones. How do we create that in our own families where we don't even live in the same house, where we, the grandparents are sometimes removed by a lot of distance and so on? Can we nonetheless recreate that healthy idea of a larger family? I thought you were going to ask me if you wanted to go live with the kids. <laughs> the answer Let to that me, is a flat no. No, I've decided to invite them to live with us. <laughs> or the other way around. Yeah. They're all going to come in and join us. Oh, my goodness. That's really fascinating. Um, okay, so what's the answer? Well, what do you think? I mean, is it really about location? Is it really about living under the same roof? Or is it about how much is it about the quality and quantity of our interactions throughout our family in other words if if the grandkids are in really close touch with the grandparents does that have to mean they live in the same house or can it mean they're just really in good communication with each other that there is this magic between generation one and generation three so to speak Wow, that's a really good question. I when we've uh, been in Hawaii for a while, I did set a goal to um, text two of my grandchildren every day yeah. and write down who they were and so on. And I feel closer to them than I have for a long time because they usually answer back. You know, maybe not for days, but um, but may, sometimes immediately I'm here. You know, th I'm so glad to be in touch with you. I and I'd testify you were doing that. I'd say, Linda, where are you? I'm in here texting the grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't take very long. It just takes a minute. What are you doing now? Or how are you feeling about this or that or the other? It just doesn't take very long. And it really has been interesting. I do feel closer to them than I have for a while. And we certainly don't live in the same house. 
And I wouldn't wish that on them or us right now, but I, it, it, there is something about having this being in the same house. We did have done a lot of traveling and in the Middle East, it is really huge. In fact, it goes overboard because I remember being in Saudi uh, uh, one time and we were invited to a home where they were all living in the same house. And the mother, the young mother with three little children living in the house was terrified by the grandmother. I mean, she was uh, ruling with an iron hand. We, we were trying to give them ideas about what to do with their family. She said, what do you, well, how do you do that when your mother-in-law is in charge of your life? <laughs> it's almost like the parents are apprentices. They're, they're, they're learning to be uh, parents, but it's the grandparents who know everything and they're telling everyone what to do. Um, I don't think we would, you know, that might be kind of cool. <laughs> for a week. <laughs> for a short time, but we have such a different society here. And I think the important thing to realize if you are a grandparent is that you are not the steward of those children. You're, the stewardship belongs to the parents. But if you are a support and a helper, and if you take your signals from the parents and you offer your help where you can, and here's the important thing. If you communicate as grandparents and parents, that's where that that's where the ideas come. That's where the good um, coordination comes. That's where, you, you explore the needs of the child, how they're doing, and figure out where can the grandparent help. Again, respecting the, the fact that the grandparent has his own life and in this country, his own home and so on, but bringing that teamwork together, right? Yeah, it's really, it's really important, not only for the grandchildren, but for your own kids, you know, to be involved. I think our kids are thinking we deserted them <laughs> um and i'm um, we've missed okay, a lot yeah. Of, yeah we've been gone and we've missed a lot of basketball games and a lot of volleyball and a lot of piano recitals and all that kind of stuff so um we could be we could be airing a little too much on the other end <laughs> <laughs> well i think you hit the nail right on the head though honey the idea that it, it's not about distance. It's about frequency of contact. It's about coordination. It's about gatherings, family reunions. It's about getting together when you can. It's about Zoom calls. We've started trying to have a family Zoom. We call it Fam Zoom. Um, not every Sunday, but you know, every two or three weeks, and just get everyone on the screen together. Boy, it's a wild madhouse when you have that many people on the screen and kids are coming in and out and so on. But it's it's the next best thing to all being together. Yeah, and we realize we are preaching to the choir here in a lot of cases because a lot of people do a better job than we do because you live on the same cul-de-sac and your kids are, your grandkids are with the kids and everybody's uh, together all the time. That would be really fun, but that doesn't happen in most cases. So here's the premise of today's show. And after the after the break, we're going to get deeply into how we can bring this about, how we can actually create stronger bonds. Because, you know, sometimes, honey, it's not you, you take for granted. Well, they're my grandkids. I'll, you know, I'll be there for their baptism or I'll be there for you know, whenever I can. And if they live far away, we'll, we'll talk on the phone every once in a while. But, but 
What about actually trying to duplicate the same closeness, the same kind of relationships that you'd have if you actually lived with them? That that's a stretch, I know, but think of the tools we have. You you, I mean, it, we know a lot of grandparents who say, "Well, I I try to call my grandkids and they never answer their phone." Well, listen, nobody answers their phone these days, you know. That's right. It's all about the texting instead, or it's about the Instagram. And one of the first things you do if you're a grandparent is you find out what social media your grandkids are using. And I'm sorry if it happens to be Twitter. Maybe you need to get on Twitter. Well, what about TikTok? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Get on TikTok and order it. Uh, be close to our grandchildren, but you know, it's an idea. Linda, we can't <laughs> dance well enough to be on TikTok. <laughs> well, you can, but no, I no, can't. I cannot. <laughs> so figuring it out and then staying in touch. And you brought out the best point a minute ago. You've got 24 hours in a day. How much time do you think you spent doing your two texts every day? Five minutes? Yeah. It just takes a little focus and you know concentration on that child. And what it forces you to do is to sort of ask the questions. What's he doing? Let's see now. What grade is that one in now? Where does he go to school now? What's he thinking about? What do I know about what his worries are? Well, and you have to realize that you can only do that with children that have clones. You know, so the, sure. the younger children, we have to figure out other ways. We can still try to call their parents, but they don't have phones most of them. And uh, so there are ways, I mean, you can send little notes in the mail. That would be a miracle if you got a, you know, well, I, you do that better than I do. You do the birthday. Well, that, you had a good point though, because the grandkids we really want to be in touch with a lot of times are younger. They don't have a phone. You can't text them. You can get the parents involved in that and say, I'm going to send a text to your phone for Billy, who's five. Will you read it to right. her? whatever, and just kind of keep in touch that way as best we can and figure it out. But Well, we do send birthday messages to all the kids and how often the parents actually get around to reading that to their kids, we don't know. But uh, at least they they know they're there. I think they would. Linda sends the birthday message. I send the half birthday. I like that exclusivity. No, they don't even know it's their half birthday, but I do. And I sent him a half birthday card. But we're going to go a little deeper. Let's take a little break and we'll come back and talk about how parents and grandparents can communicate more about the children and how we can have the result they do in Sardinia, where the grandparents live longer and the children are healthier and happier than if the grandparents were not involved. Okay, but I don't want to eat any of those ugly little fish that they eat in the (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. Um, We are going to have some fun this second half. Um, because we've been having fun for uh, six months with a lot of really special people. Yeah, explain that a little. We've been ha- we've been holding a course called Grandparenting 101. Why do you say it's so much fun? Well, we have um, been just zooming with a lot of grandparents. We have it's kind of hard to we can see the front page and it's hard to screen through or swipe through while we're going, but. 
it has been such a fun experience to uh, speak with these grandparents who are kind of in the same situation we are, who are hungry for ways to do better and who know how to chat and put messages on chat book and ask questions and we can have a conversation back and forth. It has really been fun. Now, if you're a parent and you think we're going to just go off on the grandparent track here and you're going to stop listening, don't stop. Because, again, what we're talking about is how a parent can get their parents more involved and more productive and more helpfully engaged with their children. And so um, let's give you the background a little. We we got thinking about this a couple of years ago, really hard, we, we were in some situations where we started asking ourselves, how come there are no grandparenting books? We we were working on writing books. There are some, but when you, I mean, for every grandparenting book, there are oh, 500 parenting yeah, books. At least, at least. And, and it's like parenting is a thing, parenting. How do you do it? You know, it's an art, it's a skill. Here's some techniques and so on. And, and it seemed like grandparenting is just emerging. Grandparents are just saying, hey, I might be a grandparent for 40 years. I need to get more involved. What do I do? And so we were we were doing this research, trying to figure it out. And we wrote a couple of articles and periodicals. And we just remember, Linda, we just put a little thing at the bottom. If you're interested in digging deeper on the skills of grandparenting, send us an email. And we created this new email address and we were flooded with emails. We were sitting there reading. We said, you don't have to tell us anything. Just say, I'm interested. And we had this columns and columns of emails. I'm interested. And so, more than that, telling a little bit about their life and how excited they are about their grandchildren and, yeah. and it, or how needy they feel as far as being connected with their grandchildren. It's been really fun. So we start, we did a poll. We actually polled these ones that there were over a thousand who wrote in and said, I'm interested. And we, we said, well, if we were to do a course on grandparenting, what are the things you'd like to have included in the course? And that's where we started realizing it wasn't just a course on grandparenting. It was on three generation families. It was on how do I interact with my children who are the parents how do we get better? Here are some of the things that they said on those surveys that they wanted to know more about. Let's just take turns reading these for a minute, honey, because it's so interesting. And if you're a parent, see if this is what you think your parents would say. And if you're a grandparent, see if these are the things you would say. So building trusting, confidence-giving relationships with individual grandchildren long-distance grandparenting, how to stay close to grandkids who live far away. Why the empty nest hurts and how it is, how to ease the pain of not having your kids around anymore. How to give advice without offending adult children. There's a big one. Yeah. How to be a grandparent doesn't step on the toes of these kids. Um, extending financial help that empowers children rather than entitling them. Uh, setting specific goals for the kind of help and support you want to give your grandchildren at different ages. How to have fun with grandkids. How to actually use and develop a sense of humor that works with them 
It's a different <laughs> sense of humor than ours. The top 10, one person said, the, the top 10 ways to enjoy your grandkids. And sometimes the sense of humor, we don't really get quite right. They think we're funny, I'm sure. Anyway, how to get... Corny. Corny is corny the word. Is the word. <laughs> how to set boundaries that protect your own life, but don't offend parents in order to create the synergy between parents and grandparents that makes life better for the kids. See, there's the key. And, and yeah. a lot of people recognize that. How do we How do we team up with synergy, an interesting word, to make life better for the kids? Um Let's see, working with and finding compatibility with the other grandparents. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's a challenge sometimes. These kids have more grandparents than you. There's another side to the family. Right, and sometimes it feels like a contest between you or uh, the kids see the contest. Who can do the most? And that gets troublesome. Traveling with grandkids. How to help and influence grandkids' values and faith. And that's really a good one. Fun activities, getting cousins to enjoy being together despite the age gaps. Now, as we're reading this list, these are the ones, these are the things people, grandparents wanted to learn or that that parents wanted their parents to learn. So keep that in mind. And I just have to say that just brought a picture to my mind because we have we are expecting one, our first great-grandchild this year. <laughs> and we have a two-year-old, our youngest grandchild, who is in love with this baby. Every time she sees this mother, she goes to bed thinking about that baby. She kisses that tummy every time she sees that mom. It is so fun to see that connection. They are just hooked together. We're going to have to start revising and saying four-generation families. Right. But let's read the rest of this list because it's so interesting what grandparents wanted to get better at. It was a surprisingly long list. So how to prioritize relationships over achievements for the rest of your life. Making sons or daughters-in-law a true and real part of your family. That's sometimes a challenge for them. Yeah. Two questionnaires, one to draw out the true nature and feelings of your grandchildren, and the other to gauge where and how your children want help with their children. In other words, what what are the right questions to ask? Yeah, that's you know? a fine line. How to release your role as manager and replace it with the new role of consultant. That's an interesting one. A, grand, a grandparent's not the manager, but maybe they can be the consultant. Right. Why just over the hill is the best place to be in life. The remarkable gift of age. In other words, how do That's we be optimistic about, about yeah. you know, and make it look being, fun to get getting, old? <laughs> yeah, make it fake them out. <laughs> um, working from the inside out, designing the new you. See, so there's a lot of interest not only in the grandkids, but how you know how do I may maximize this this senior stage of right. life? Right. Becoming a gatherer and planning uh, awesome family reunions and trips within budgets. Um, why 65 is the new 45. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and being the story link that connects your grandkids to your ancestors, the trunk that links branches to roots. That's an important one. Isn't that a powerful one? Only yeah. the grandparent can be that link that connects the kids, the branches of the tree to the roots, to the ancestors. The art and power of grandparenting, how to do it better. 
um, how emptiness marriage is different and how to make it better. Helping grandkids overcome entitlement and developing grit, G-R-I-T. And it takes a village for an orchestrated extended family. Forming an efficient partnership with your kids for your grandkids. So you get the idea. We had so much interest in so many areas. And so, as Linda pointed out, we started this Zoom course online for grandparents. Some parents tune in, too. And by the way, you'd be interested to know um, we've had about a thousand parents, a thousand grandparents involved in this course for the last Six months. Six months. Um, just one a month, a two-hour class, and we kind of enjoy doing it, just sitting and chatting and, and love their questions and their responses and their ideas. And they're from all over the world, and so the time zone's a little tricky, although most of them are in the United States. And what we've done is we we record the Zoom sessions, so if, if the grandparents can't be on live, they can listen to it the next day. And here's what's interesting, Linda, is that I think the course kind of began to center on how do I connect not only with the grandkids, but with the parents? How do we form this three-generation thing that really works? And one of the things that emerged that most of these grandparents are doing now on one level or another is having a regular meeting, often going out to dinner with just the parents and the grandkids, and talking about, excuse me, just the parents and, and the grandparents, talking about the kids and going through what we call a five-facet review where the parents will sort of tell the grandparents what their assessment is of each grandchild. How's that, let's call him Jimmy. How's Jimmy doing physically? How's he doing mentally in school and so on? How How's, how's, how's his mental development? What... How does he learn? What kind of a thinker is he? How's he doing emotionally? How are his moods and so on? How's he doing socially with friends and whatnot? And how's he doing spiritually? And the reports we get back, and in our own experience, those are fabulous meetings because you're probing together the four of you, the two grandparents and the two parents, how's this child doing? And you're learning and thinking about what each of you can do to help out. It has really been fun. And we need to do better on that too. We've got um, so many kids, as you know, yeah. uh, nine kids and 34 grandkids, and it's hard to spread our time, but it is just so valuable. I mean, to know those kids better, to know your own children better is just the most important thing you can do. And so what we want to do is extend an invitation to all of you. We're going to start the course over again. It's going to begin again in March. We haven't said the exact date yet, but it'll probably be the second half or might be about the middle of March. And in the meantime, we want to invite all of you who are listening, just take a quick look at the website, grandparenting101.com. Why did we name it that? It's sort of like a course. I mean, you know, 101, it's a survey of grandparenting. Although some people have said you should have named it uh grandparenting 505 because it's really a graduate course we're really going <laughs> deep into this thing we're really trying to figure it out so if you're a parent look have your have your parents go take a look at grandparenting 101.com and if you're a grandparent take a look yourself 
and see what the course contains. It's just one Zoom seminar a month, but there's little bulletins that'll come to you by email in the meantime, many of them talking about how to create this integrated, maybe that's a good word, coordinated, integrated teamwork of three generations. Yeah. Well, um, we hope that we haven't bored you with that if you're just a young parent, but it has been so fun. We wanted to share with you. It is, um, and we have learned a lot. It's been so great to be more connected with some of our friends, but some new friends and people that we had not known before who are dedicated grandparents. And, you know, people say, well, how do you do this? I mean, there's got to be, you know, how, how do you register? You can register there at grandparenting101.com. But here's the thing we learned. We Part of this surveying was to ask if people felt they could share part of the expense of putting the course on. And some could and some couldn't. And we decided, I, was, I remember the time we were yeah, thinking this about this. It's really fun to say, we are not going to exclude anyone from this course. If you're a grandparent, you can attend. So what you'll see is, you know, you pay what you can. If you if you can cover some of the costs, then there's a registration for that. And there's there's free registration if you feel like, hey, I really can't afford it right now. And there's even a scholarship registration where some grandparents pay a little more in order to cover the costs of those who feel like they can't afford it. Yeah, so we're to trying to be costs. so inclusive because... Yeah. Families are so important and everyone should be involved. So thanks for uh, joining us today, for thinking together about how important three-generation families are. It's crucial. It makes such a difference in the long run, not just for now, but for when we're gone. And so we hope you give that a thought today. Good to be with you. And we are back in Utah now for a little while. And we're looking forward to being with you every week on... Ayers on the Road. See you next time. Bye-bye.